Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to an all-new Third and Nerd podcast. This is your boy, Josh Webb. And uh, Adam was supposed to be with us, but uh, there was an emergency that came up um, that he had to attend to. So I am stepping in. Well, I'm not stepping in. I've kind of always been here, but I am joined by a colleague of mine at the Marvel Report who's stepping in to kind of he was supposed to be our guest. Now he's just my co-host. So Clem, uh, Clem, Clement Bryant, uh, if you are on comic Twitter at all, you should know him. Like I said, he does some work with me uh, over at the Marvel Report, along with a variety of other things that I will let him disclose at uh well i will let him choose to disclose or not uh clem man how you doing dude let me right. know who you are i am a nerd i am a social media and digital marketer and i am over caffeinated right now which is great because i had not i did not have coffee yesterday so uh if you know anything about me i I've need got, coffee need i've coffee. got two open cans of coke in 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 one in each hand and then an unopened one sitting on my desk so i feel you i i like i love coffee and that's one thing to know about me that is just like coffee is like my thing but yeah that's about me um always working you can always find me at marvel report senior writer uh and then always working at my full-time job like i said i'm a marketer so dude did you see that um that stupid bripe. Uh, I don't know if you saw that yet. You, I mean, you're a coffee guy. Have you? I just. I, I hope you've seen this. Oh, the bripe. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that, and I was like, that'd be dope. But I don't want to carry a blowtorch around. Right. <laughs> like, I'm also wondering how that goes down for people of color. Like, if they're hitting a bripe in their car and say uh, a law enforcement officer drives by like if you start out with saying like no dude i swear to you i'm taking a hit of coffee like they won't believe you and no, and, and, and rightfully i'd understand why they wouldn't it's not exactly like smoking coffee is something that's that's prevalent in today's society so i totally get why the cop would question it but but the practicality of that, if, if you're – and you are a person of color, like, can you just see the ways that that would go wrong for you? Yeah, I mean, right now, I can't say what show I'm working on, but let's just say the show I'm working on right now is something about uh, brown and black boys in, uh, in, in the U.S. getting falsely accused in the criminal justice system. So, like, I'll let – people who were listening to like fill in the blanks but like basically yeah it would it would be especially in la where i live right um i live in west man i can't i can't even oh man yeah like and living in la and even like when i went to school i was telling our producer scott before i got a call i I used to live in florida and they would always accost me like i go to work dressed in a polo shirt jeans really nice sneakers and i have a silver ring on that's like my Black Panther ring from the movie. And literally, I'm like, I dress like that every day. Even if I dress like that every day and I had a bribe, I would still get pulled over and it would probably make situations worse for me just because I'm black, I'm driving somewhat of a nice car, and I have a book bag with a computer in it. So, like, just that alone, those things alone would actually be, like, worse for me. And having a bribe would be, like, I love the idea because I always need, like, that hit of energy, but it's not something that I would basically be like, yeah, let me go have a bribe in the middle of Burbank and, or driving home, say like sitting in a movie theater, just driving home and just being like, Oh, let me do this because it would, it would be very bad for me. It would be very bad. So I love the idea, but I'm kind of like, 
kind of resistant to it because like other than the blowtorch idea if you had like a way to like self-heat it that'd be dope otherwise nah i'm uh i'll find something else did i lose you guys hello I had myself on mute. I apologize. What I was saying is you add in the blowtorch plus the odd shape of the device in the way that it's shaped and colored. And there's no way that anybody thinks like you're going for coffee, like just shape and structure and color of the device, the bright, like you add a blowtorch to it and and it just. Yeah, it it, it does. It does cause problems. Problems. Like, and no offense to like anybody who is not a person of color or like black or like Latino, but or even Chinese or Asian or even Korean, whatever, whatever your uh, non type is, non white is, it's it, it does cause a problem because depending on where you are, like some people in California are a little bit more relaxed on the whole POC thing, but I know in like New York, even DC, where I'm from, like interactions being police and people of color are still a thing. So it, it, it yeah, it, it, it would be rough. It would be rough. It's, it's a great idea, but I definitely think it's, it's for white hipsters, man. I think that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's where the bribe goes. But anyway, yeah. sorry, sorry to our listeners. Our intent wasn't to flood you with some political conversation about people of colors. It was, it was, we're just, we're, we're mocking the bribe. We're mocking the bright. If you don't know, if you don't know what it is, you could look it up. But yeah, I mean, you somebody had to have this conversation because it's it's sort of like be like the first things that pops into your head when you see this thing. But yeah. speaking of devices, uh, Tony, Tony, yeah. Tony, 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 Tony. Um, let's start. Let's start with with your overall thoughts of Endgame. Like, where where do you sit on it? I Good, love Endgame. Great, grand. I loved it. Like, I felt like going into it. I saw it at a press screening on the Disney lot. So, like, going into it, I was nervous. Like, I was like, okay, how are they going to wrap up? Be a sequel to Infinity War, but also wrap up twenty one movies before it, and. I love how it was basically just one big love letter to any MCU fan, whether you just coming into it or you watch from like Iron Man. Um, like, and I love like they had all the references in there. It was like the biggest kind of piece of fan service that I've ever seen from a studio. Um, even like the fact that they did, you know, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Endgame, just in case. But like when you saw the Stark Nano Gauntlet. Like, that is a fan thing. That's, like, a Reddit thing. Like, that is, a like, a Reddit, Twitter, geek Twitter thing that you would you would never really see before, like, social media. And the fact that they did that, I was like, wait, what? They're actually making that a thing? I loved it. Um, but the favorite scene of mine in Endgame was when Cap picked up Mjolnir. And I lost, I, like, lost my shit. Completely lost my shit in the middle of, like, Disney publicists, uh, Disney employees. Like, I was, I screamed in the theater. I think everyone screamed when I was in the theater. So, like, I loved Endgame. I thought, I thought it was a very well done piece. And I thought one of my favorite parts about the whole movie was the cinematography. And that's, you know, I, I thought it was okay. Like, when I saw it, I, uh, the first time, like, I had my complaints about it, and 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 I've gone into them on other shows, so I won't rehash them here because I don't want it to be like super negative. If you want to, if you want to hear what my uh, criticisms uh, of Endgame are, you can literally uh, check out any of the, the the last couple shows, and and they'll be in there. Um, 
what I want to talk about is is like I finally got the chance budgetary wise because uh, for those who don't know, I've got a GoFundMe going right now. Like I I I am massively in debt due to some things that were beyond my control. And so uh, if you get the chance, if you have any spare dollars and want to donate to that, uh, I'll include the GoFundMe link uh in the description for 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 the podcast uh but 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 what i was really trying to get at was i finally was able to go see it again for the second time um and this is after having so many discussions and internalizing the way that other people had seen it and after seeing it a second time i still i still have my criticisms but my overall opinion of the movie actually did change slightly more toward the positive. Um, There were so many, and I caught a lot the first time I really did like, but the second time I just kind of went in and I told myself, I said, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm having a shit day. I'm going to go in and I'm going to enjoy this. And that's exactly what I did. Um, And it was crazy because, like, I cried when Stark died the second time, not because I cared about Tony. In fact, Iron Man is one of my least favorite characters. But when everyone was sitting there at at the funeral and you're you're just kind of like, this is 10 years, you know, this is this is this is 10 years of this franchise. Um. You know, 10 years of us lining up to go see these movies, waiting in, in the cold, the rain, whatever, just just to go see these movies. Like, And I think about how much my life has changed in those 10 years. Um, the people that I'm with, the relationships that I have, the work that I do. Um, this wasn't just 10 years of movies, man. For some of us, this... This was the MCU meant an entire change in our lives. I mean, even in even in the way that we think of movies nowadays. And so, like, I remember seeing Iron Man one opening night. I was I was in my last year of college um, with my best friend that I'd grown up with since like basically childhood, and we went to the we went to college together. We went to the same college and. He was like, yo, you should go, you should watch Iron Man. This is going to be the big thing. This is going to be the big thing. And I was like, uh, okay, fine. Um, and back then, I like, I had always loved comics, but like for some reason or another, I think between high school and college, it was like I kind of got off the boat a little bit. So I went to go see Iron Man, and it completely changed my worldview. Not because it was a game-changing life movie. It was because they did something interesting with the character. And the fact of the matter is that Disney took a risk on Downey. If anybody remembers back then, Downey was not Downey. He was poisoned. He was poisoned. Like, and he had he was a drug addict. He went to jail. And the fact that they took a risk on him and he was exactly what the character needed to be changed everything about my approach to movies. You know what's crazy is like if you know the history of Iron Man. The fact that Robert Downey Jr. got his second chance playing a man who was an addict and had to overcome that. Now, granted, they didn't focus on that in any of RDJ storylines, but I have to imagine that as Robert Downey Jr. began to absorb more and more of the character, because there's no way he wouldn't. I mean, it's all he did for basically a decade was play Iron Man like you know he absorbed more and more in that. Um, you know he he did some reading. You have to imagine that there was a lot of self-reflection when he hit those issues where Rhodey had to take over for Tony because Tony was too drunk, too hungover, too, right. too much of an alcoholic to be the hero that people needed him to be. Like, I imagine that Robert Downey Jr. playing that character and, and finding those moments. Like I say this in it it, it, without it being a criticism at all. I'm sure it was not hard for him 
I'm I'm sure that that finding those moments and finding th- the way that a person would react in those situations if they were an addict or something. Robert Downey Jr. had a lot of experience to draw on. Yeah. And because of that, he made Iron Man I so think, believable. Exactly. And I think I think you can even say the fact that Favreau went to bat for Downey and the fact that they actually took a risk. And especially this is like in the days of Ike Perlmutter. So right. anybody who knows Ike knows that he's very he's very centered on casting. He's not really forward thinking as far as when it comes to like diversity. So and then or giving anybody a second chance. So the fact yeah. that they actually took a risk on him, you could actually make the argument to say that if it wasn't for Downey's casting, we probably would have had just rudimentary oh, that makes sense casting rather than offbeat casting. The fact that we have Downey and Iron Man, we had, Clint, we had uh, you know, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. They took a risk on Chris Hemsworth as Thor, um, who at the time was an unknown. Mm-hmm. They took a risk on Tom Hiddleston. Uh, they took Mark a risk Hiddleston. on Chris Evans, like, who had only been playing campy, campy um laughable roles and he took it's funny because the mcu was humor throughout and and not to say that cap's movies weren't but it's hilarious because cap's movies were the most serious out of the bunch and they the guy they hired was strictly known for being the 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 comic goofball in movies like he was in the losers or in as johnny blaze in fantastic four right so exactly so it's like when you think of like everyone who's cast in the movies who's cast like in the movies like sebastian stan before he was bucky he was the guy on gossip girl uh he was the guy on like those things and he was coming up but, like, for that, like, it's kind of changed everyone's career. Even, like, when you think of Taika Waititi directing Thor Ragnarok, if you think about eight years ago, he was Thomas in Green Lantern. So it's like, I'm like, wait, what? Taika Waititi for Thor? I'm like, that's, I didn't think about that, but it turns out to be exactly what Thor needed. So I think the fact that Downey came in and was, like, that grounding and the foundation is kind of responsible for the way that we have the MCU as we have it today. Yeah. So like when we, and I and I think why I responded so well to Endgame, don't get me wrong, I had my criticisms of it, but I responded well to it because they've kind of helped take these movies and not make them like pre-2008, 2000, even 2005 when Batman Begins happened, comic book movies were not like serious Oscar winning potential movies. They were popcorn movies that weren't taken seriously. And then slowly you get it when you get to Iron Man. They definitely weren't the engine driving Hollywood. That's that's for damn sure. And they changed the they changed the industry so much that now everyone wants a cinematic universe. But the way that they go about getting to the cinematic universe, they they're about the money. They're not about the story. And I speak that as a Hollywood insider. Um, who works in Hollywood, who works on these projects from a marketing angle every day. So when I see someone who's like, okay, they're going to do a cinematic universe, it's like, okay, but does that make sense for the property? Mm-hmm. Whereas comics, the MCU is actually just doing what comics have done for years. That's yep. all it's doing. So, you know. The way that Feige exactly. pulled it off is 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 nothing short of stunning, though, because the seeding that was done in these movies, how they were they were tales that that by the end of the movie we were made whole. We knew what right. was going on with that character, and we felt resolution. But we also knew that there was more to be told. We knew that if, assuming that everything went well, there we we had enough there for some great sequels, you know. Right. Um. And and everything went well. And it was just insane how all of these movies just they drew from one another. Yeah. And they built off of one another and they created another space uh, 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 for more stories to be told. 
like the Avengers, you know, which wound up occupying those spaces. And it's just crazy to think of what else can be done. I didn't like, mean, even when you, th- oh, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, Josh. I thought you were I, done. No, I was going to say, we don't even necessarily know that we need the Avengers going forward, eh? I mean, I don't think we do, but I don't think they're going to stop making Avengers. And I think Iger, Bob Iger, who has said as much, he's like, he's basically said like, just because this is the end of this series doesn't mean that we're not going to make more Avengers movies. So I think like they're going to make Avengers movie, but I think they're going to take a backseat to like allow more character different stories to come out now. And like every phase they're going to have like a mini kind of arc happen. And then that maybe that arc will go to a bigger arc. So like yeah. say like four and five are smaller arcs. Their, their event movies are smaller arcs, but then phase six is like that big thing that's building on it because I don't think we can do another ten years of Avengers movies because the, because that is not sustainable no. when you think of the long term. So when we get like we're looking forward to the Eternals, and it doesn't and it doesn't make sense to do that to your audience either. Like right. they've they've stuck with you while you built it up. Now you've built it up. They expect you to pay it off. Now that doesn't mean. Right. You can't build up to like an Avengers vs X Men ten years down the line, like and do it that way. But you should sure as hell still have House of M, Age of Apocalypse, all this crap along the way. Right. So, and I feel like now that they have the X Men and now they have Fantastic Four, we're gonna get stories like we're gonna get House of M, we're gonna get the Annihilus storyline. Uh, like I would love to see that. We're gonna get a Liberian storyline. And even when I think about the fact that they have Disney Plus and they actually have the shows tying into the movies and they're figuring out how to do that, I feel like we're going to get smaller screen stuff that go into the movies. Like, I could see them well, well doing a mini series about, say, Hellfire Club. Yes. Doing I love a the fact about that Hellfire. Disney Plus has also given Kevin Feige a way to just do a complete end around on Ike Perlmutter. <laughs> To get the crap he wants. And I mean, I've like, and like, one of the things that I've seen as like, not only as a marketer, but also someone who's just a fan, I love what Marvel TV started to do with S.H.I.E.L.D. and what they started to do with Daredevil, but I feel like along the lines, they got a little bit too big in their britches to think that they can do anything that the MCU does. The Mm -hmm. MCU proper does. So I think when we talk about what we're going to be doing going forward because we look at shield season six ghost rider they announced a ghost rider tv show it's about time and even like you know hellstrom they're not going to tie they're going to be farther away from the mcu so and i feel like people started to like not watch the netflix shows because they weren't tying into the movies they want i feel like the audience wants to see that payoff between the movies and the miniseries and whatever's on tv yeah, I mean, these characters, ex- here's what we've got, here's what we understand as fans. In in the comics, everybody plays off each other. Right. Now, they own all these characters, like, why is it that they're still not playing off each other? Like, this is crap you expect when it's Fox versus Disney, not ex- not crap you expect when it's all Disney, you know, like, right. and and thank God that Kevin Feige now can do the end around on Ike Perlmutter, because let's be real, those two were never going to coexist. And as much, and here's my thing, as like someone who works in business, like, I just got to stop saying like business, but like, when you think about the business of movies and TV, they can be making so much money. And I mean, they're, they already are. And like, the fact is like studios doesn't need TV. TV needs studios, I think. So they can be making so much money and they can be changing the industry year over year, but they're not doing it just because they have an internal tip. It doesn't make sense to me. So when you have daredevil, you have daredevil, Luke Cage, iron fist and Jessica Jones, right? And the those and the punisher. And these are perfect representations of what we what we have on screen, and you're not integrating to a larger MCU just because like you already have enough competition outside of your studio, and now you're giving your stuff more, you're giving each other more competition inside your own company. It doesn't make sense. Um, so I would love to see like Charlie Cox should be, they should bring him in, 
And if they do a Hellfire Club, if they start branching into it, that you can get to bring in Daredevil that way. Because I think in the comics, Daredevil runs into the X-Men, he runs into the Hellfire Club, that should be what they should be doing. But who knows to say, like, if they bring the shows back, they probably won't. But I'm going to be they, real. They're never, never going to do it. And I, like, I, I can't like, picture anybody else playing Frank Castle after Johnny Bernthal. No. Like, and John Bernthal as the Punisher, when he was cast as the Punisher, everyone was like, that makes sense. Yep. That is great casting. And I had, like, I've never heard one bad thing as John Bernthal as the Punisher, ever. Anybody who's even just seen the trailer, like, that guy's the Punisher. Even, like, yep. but there are people on the internet who say that, oh, this isn't my Punisher. And I'm like, he was never going to be your Punisher regardless. Yeah. He was never going to be the extreme version, you know, Marvel. Max. Right. They're not, look, dude, Marvel isn't going to go out there and do Punisher Max and just give that to you on Netflix. Like, oh. if you if you were hoping for that, then go watch Punisher Warzone with Ray Stevenson. Like, you'll, like, you'll get what you're looking for. Right. But I don't know how you can complain about the Punisher that you got. Like, that's exactly what the Punisher is, man. Like, even I, even just throughout his own series, it was just it was the plotting, the detailing, the narrative, the story, the villains, the the you know the what the why, and and that show gave you all of that. It just gave you all of that. It like, gave you all of it. And like and I will say, I know I kind of you know take a shot on Marvel TV. Marvel TV now I think is facing some problems but marvel tv between like shield and netflix shows they were doing some really interesting things the fact that they brought colson back for shield the fact that they have a season six for shield the fact that they built out the defenders that they did the defenders that was all great things to great strides. sucked okay i'm gonna uh, that's a that's another conversation when we have adam Okay. Fair enough. But, fair enough. But but okay. I watch, let me just say this. I watched that one time, and I was like, and that's all I'll ever need to watch that. My thing, my thing with the defenders is the way that the production time I feel like was the killer for the defenders because if they had the production time to like basically take a break between Iron Fist and Defenders, they would have been like, okay, we shouldn't center out, we shouldn't center the show around Iron Fist based off of X reasons. And you know Netflix has the data to talk to these to talk to these uh to talk to that well. Um if they would have like taken a break between productions like okay because I had no problems with the hand storyline defenders. I had no problems with it because that made sense to me. You know what I hated that they they built Sigourney Weaver up as this all powerful and this was my thing. And, that and my then thing. it was over in ten seconds. Like like I was like so it was stunt casting. And one thing I hate about casting in movies, TV, or, or miniseries, don't do stunt casting. Because stunt no. casting is just a cheap way of getting getting that person's audience to watch your show. And she was – her scenes, even when Sigourney Weaver was fighting, they were so awful. Like, you could tell, like, well, yeah, it makes sense. She's like, what, 70? Of course she's not doing her own stunts. Like – it's just, I don't know, that that whole, the whole thing with, with her bummed me out because I felt that they had so much more uh, of an opportunity to do something greater with her, and they didn't. And the yeah. second thing that really annoyed me was that the show didn't even follow its own internal dialogue. And by that, I mean the, the final scene... Um, uh, well, not the final scene, but the final uh, uh, battle when they're down in the thing uh, and, and Madame Gao is trying to get Iron Fist uh, uh, to, to, to punch the wall so that they can get in. He, he literally is like, I know what you're trying to do, Madame Gao, and it's not going to work. And literally the next thing she says makes it work. Yeah. Not not like a, a 10 minute dialogue where she baited him in. He was like, I know what you're doing and it's not going to work. And then I forget what she says. And he's like, Rah! 
punches the wall. And I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. I And I felt I heard a lot of that from a lot of people at TMR. And also, like, my dad, well, even my dad who, like, tangibly watching, he's like, so wait, he just said he's not going to work. And then it's like, he just punched the wall. So it's like, that I get. I think my big thing was... Sigourney Weaver, and then also I think one of my things was not giving Luke Cage more time to shine um, because I felt like he was very internal, especially when you brought when you brought Misty in. So I feel like Luke should have had a little bit more screen time, and I feel like also Jessica Jones should have had a little more screen time too. So those are my tweets on it. But when we talk about going forward with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, TV, Disney Plus, and even Marvel TV. What are you looking forward to? Like, what are you looking forward to? Is there anything that you want to see specifically? Uh, let's see. Uh, Marvel TV, man, there are so many different odds and ends and characters that they could do. First off, I want to see The Punisher. Um, and I'm not just saying that because we were talking about him. I'm saying that because he's my favorite Marvel character of all time. Uh, I guess you. I guess you. I love the pun. I'm wearing a Punisher t-shirt right now. I've 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 got so much Punisher crap. It is absolutely disturbing. I've got uh, got Captain Marvel crap coming out the wazoo that I'm wearing right now. Um, I mean, I respect it, man. It's like. There's there's so much like I have all most of my pop figures are Marvel. Uh, I have two Black Panther figures that are sound activated. I have I Marvel weapons. I re up um, for uh, Marvel Unlimited um, wow. not too long ago, uh, and and they sent off um, the box and it usually takes the box like a month or two after you re up for it to arrive. It's just like a thank you box with like your membership card in it. Uh, a couple variant comics, like a few trinkets and then usually a figure of some kind. And the figure this time was a venomized punisher. And I'm oh. like, dude, you could not possibly have given me a cooler figure. Like, stop giving me cool shit. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I, that's awesome, and that shows that they're actually starting to like listen to their fans about, especially like what thing is. And I feel like, I feel like as a fan, when I'm when I'm recognized by the company in some sort of way, like that, that is important. Like, right. And that that and that's the thing. It's like, you know, TMR is something that's a, it's a smaller blog, but we've gotten screening into Black Panther, Endgame, Infinity War. Um, we even we we I think we even got a chance to see Ant Man. I don't know why we didn't go see Ant Man, but like, that's amazing. I'll be our official Ant Man reviewer from here on out. I love Ant Man so Ant-Man much. I think. One of the things that I definitely want to see, I would love, now that we have smaller stories coming on Disney Plus, I want a She-Hulk series. Okay. She-Hulk, but give She-Hulk. me, give me, I'll give you five characters that you'd like to see. Let's make uh, uh, three on TV, because let's try and get some TV stuff going, and then two that you'd like to see in movies. Okay, I will actually do... I'll- do you better i actually have two two of them that i have like fully like broken out like plot and synopses and like characters okay okay so i want to see she hulk and i want to see she hulk in the style of the usa show suits yes yes um and i want to see alexandra diadrio uh play she hulk and i want I she want them to use that like as a way. Jessica, is she going to be like the Jessica or the Harvey or the Mike? She'll probably be like a mix between Jessica and Mike. Okay. Um, and then I want them to use that as a backdoor to introduce Dr. Doom. Kind of how like they did in the animated show, but they use that as a backdoor to introduce Dr. Doom. And Matthew Reese would be cast as Dr. Doom. 
Don't you feel like, though, that Doctor Doom is going to get a movie introduction? Like, it's Doctor well, Doom is never going to be a, a TV. Like, he's too big of a villain. But that's why I think they should. Because if you put him in a TV show, people who don't know him will be like, who's this guy with the metal face? I like it. And then, so then people who, when they announce the Fantastic Four movie, when they will, you guys know they will, they've already had that person casted to bring into the movie. And by the time you come into the movie, you're like, I know what he's about. So, and plus, it gives you some gravitas. It's sort of like the WWE putting the, uh, the heavyweight strap and, and on, on a free event and having it change hands, it exactly. gives gravitas to the event. If, if exactly. you, you finally say, Hey, not only do our TV shows now matter and they'll interact with the movies, but we're introducing one of the biggest villains ever on TV just to prove it. Exactly. And then I think the next character I want to see on TV specifically is blade. Okay. I want to see Blade, but I want to see this guy named Charles Michael Davis. Um, if you guys watch the originals, he plays this guy named Marcel Gerard, who is basically, it's a vampire show, but he's basically, for all intents and purposes, like Blade if he grew up in like the 1800s. Okay. And the guy, he's black, he's young, he looks like Blade would in the comics with the shaved head and everything. He's perfect. Um, and then I want to see... I want to kind of see them actually go left field and actually do the Hellfire Club series, but it's a Hellfire Club series that like shows them manipulating world events through time, kind of how like Loki's doing, and I want them to kind of meet with Loki. Okay. And then that's also a way of them bringing in Celine, introducing Emma Frost in a good way, not how they did it in X-Men First Class. Um, and you know what, man? I'm still yeah. so upset that January Jones didn't get more. Like, she... Yeah. Like, like, and I felt like I loved X-Men First Class, but that was my big beef with X-Men First Class is like, they kind of did... too. Yeah. So, like, I was like, yeah, they could have done Emma better. So, like, and that's what I want to see them get into it. And then as far as movies... I want to see Namor because Namor is overdue at this point. Like, his shoes should have been in. Namor, uh, I definitely want to see an Annihilus storyline. And then third and all, third and biggest of all, I want to see Kang. Kang the Conqueror? Yes. Okay. Uh, Man, I'm so glad you said Namor because starting with the movies... Uh, Namor would be is my number one. He's Namor is the next major character I want to see. I want uh, like I just it's time. Like it's been time. It's been time for Namor. And and Namor like forget this stupid. And I loved Aquaman by the way. So the following is is just me marketing for Namor. Forget the stupid campy Aquaman series and guy. Give us a dude that has no time for anybody, suffers no fools, takes care of his self and his people first. Like, people don't really realize it, but Namor is essentially no different than Doctor Doom. He's really not. Exactly. In the way that Doctor Doom looks after the people of Latveria and will sometimes go to war, you know, like, Namor does the same crap. Namor, Namor does the same crap and gets away with it. Uh-huh. That's the difference. And I think if you're talking about who to play him, Henry Golding would be perfect for Namor. I like John Cho. I like John Cho, but now that John Cho is, is going to be in Cowboy Bebop for Netflix, I think that's going to be his thing. Um, and because he's in Twilight Zone, and like, so I feel like, and we don't know what's happening with Star Trek, so. John he's got Cho, a lot on his plate. He's got a lot on his plate. Difficult. Whereas, like, Henry Golden, we saw, you guys saw a, a simple favor. He did a I, lot of cocky things that could be considered something that Namor could do. I like it. All right. So Namor is is the first guy I want to see. Uh, the second is, is the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, I want them over the X-Men. I, I I know everybody's like, oh, we need the X-Men in the MCU. No, we don't. We don't? And the big thing's Feige has proved that he doesn't need the X-Men. No. He's perfect. So I want Fantastic Four. And I think I've kind of built out a fan casting list. So, like, I think I would go for Andrew Lincoln as uh, Reed. 
Okay. Emily Blunt as Sue. Glenn Powell for Johnny. And then Ron Perlman for MoCap for Ben for Bing Ren. And then Matthew Rees, as I said, for Dr. Doom. But then you bring in Annihilus or you bring in Doom. Yeah. I, uh... Well, and you could also maybe like John Ham in there as, as as Reed. I like John Ham. I like and actually John Ham was actually the second person I had on my list. I think I, I, he could also be Doom. He could always he could also be Doom. And the fact let's just say that John Ham hasn't been cast in a comic book franchise yet is criminal. It is because coming off of Mad Men, he should have had offers beyond like any beyond his eyes could see. <clears throat> so. That's my issue with like that. But I feel like if they don't bring Cavill back for DC, he would make a perfect old Superman. Especially if you think if you see him with a trench coat and a fedora, like old school Karkin style, it's perfect. You know, who like how how young do you want to like make the Fantastic Four when they go on this journey is the thing. Like do you want because if you look at the MCU, everybody's we don't have a lot of ages, but we know that most of these people are young enough and, and they're getting younger. Like they've yeah. they phased out some of the older people and they're bringing in some 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 younger folk. Do do you need to do that same thing with the Fantastic Four? Or sh- I, I think I think you don't need to, but I think because we had <laughs> three movies with young young leaning Fantastic Four, I feel like they're going to do it a little bit older. Because and even when you think of like the Tim Story directed, you know, Fantastic Fox, Fantastic Four Fox movies, they weren't that bad. They weren't bad at all. In fact, he was a producer on those. Um, but I think just to kind of separate it, they're going to go skew it a little bit older, just to make it a little bit more interesting. Because when you're young, everyone doesn't like each other, and you're young, you're cocky, everybody has an ego. But when you're older, there's a little bit more of respect there. So I feel like that's what they're going to do with the Fantastic Four. Call it a wish list, but call it a gut feeling, too. I would like to see Zaze Beats uh, get her own series slash her own movie as Domino. Yes. And I think, and I would love that. The fact that they're keeping the whole Deadpool thing around for that speaks to like how there's well no they Domino. would have been met with such an a fantastic uproar if they'd said yeah we're canceling Deadpool like Ryan wow. Reynolds had to know his ship was sailing into a pretty pretty welcoming harbor yeah I mean he's proved it and he deserves it so like I think you keep Deadpool the way it is but you what you do is. Deadpool, you maybe do like um, and now that we have the multiverse thing with Spider-Man Far From Home, they can use Deadpool to say, hey Deadpool was a different universe and I feel like that's what they're going to do especially because like, it's kind of hard to justify that, oh wait, just bring him straight out, they're going to say he was in the multiverse, he was on another Earth, and they're going to bring him in that way and I would be perfectly fine with that I think it makes the most sense to do the multiverse as a way to introduce things like the mutants, because I do believe you enter into some massive problems if you just try and be like, well, yeah, they were here the whole time. You're like, but what? They were? And I was like, you can't say that because of Endgame. Because they Endgame- already they already had a problem in Endgame where I'm like, oh, oh okay, so... You mean to tell me there are this many sorcerers training at at the Sanctum Sanctorum and when the Battle of New York was going down, her ass was the only one out there and she was just protecting the Sanctum? Like, way yeah, to but go. Also, also, I think maybe that, like, I think the argument could be said to say she was protecting the New York Sanctum, where everybody else is probably on the bottom, and she's probably protecting the top, and you have everyone else protecting London and Hong Kong. So, maybe. But, the multiverse thing is interesting, and the fact that they're starting it with Mysterio, too, is, like, very interesting. 
And part of me is like, okay, can you trust Quentin Beck? Be- Quentin Beck? Because anybody who's read a Mysterio comic book knows that Quentin Beck is a liar. Yep. He is a psychopathic liar. So Straight out, I want to ask you a question, dude. What happens if you go see Spider-Man and there's no multiverse at all? How upset are you? Honestly, I'm not that upset. I'm like I I I'm excited about the potential of what a multiverse would bring, but I'm not like overly. I wouldn't be overly like, what the fuck? I was lied to. Blah blah blah. Oh, excuse my French, but um, no, that's exactly be, what I would have said. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel like one way or the other about it. I'd be like, oh, oh crap. After, huh? after. Uh, uh, Aldrich Killian as the Mandarin. If they lie to me about the multiverse, I'm gonna revolt. Well, you heard what they said about the Mandarin, right? Recently. Yeah, that they're they're gonna read, they're gonna re- give that a redo. But here's the thing, though, that's that's all well and good, but they had to, like. Yeah. The, the backlash that they got, like, Iron Man 3 was Iron Man 3. They're going to fix it via retconning, and that's fine. But that doesn't change the fact that they still released Iron Man 3 and meant it. Yeah, and I like I liked Iron Man 3, but I definitely, I feel like, I feel like Iron Man 3 um, and Iron Man 2 are, like, movies that I definitely have, like, a lot of problems with um and i think what i feel like the thing with iron man 3 was not to get off topic i feel like the thing with iron man 3 was the fact that they didn't have favreau directing anymore was a big Mm -hmm. for them so they brought in black but they let shane black do whatever he wanted because he was shane black rather than say and also they had drew pierce doing the screenplay so they kind of were like i feel like they were trying to figure out where they go from avengers and Iron Man 3, for many reasons, succeeded, but also failed. I feel like it rode the coattails of Avengers to a lot of its success, though. Yeah, because, like, it was that first movie after Avengers that people were like, okay, where are they going to go after Avengers? So, Mm -hmm. Avengers, so, like, I like the the storyline with the extremists. I thought that was really cool what they do with the extremists, but... The fact that they sold Ben Kingsley as Iron Man and their trailers were so well done as they were portraying his villain. Because you remember, you look at the trailers. Dude, I thought Ben Kingsley was going to be a dead serious, amazing Mandarin. Like, I did. And the whole thing. Yeah, I thought so too. The fact his voice, dude. Oh my God. Perfect. You're like, you'll never see it coming. Oh my God, dude. And I was like, I remember it was my first year. Chills. And I I still remember. I was like, wow, this is great. But then they did the whole Trevor Slattery nonsense. And I was, I like, was like, this is bullshit. I think I was trying to figure out what they were doing. Because I, I, I'm not a person that like, likes to hate anything right out the gate. I want to like see what the intent was to see like, okay, was it a bad call? Or was that not like Spider-Man 3? Okay, there was no intent there. They were just doing whatever stuck to a wall. Whereas when you look at Venom, Venom was like, I was like, okay, I see what they're going for. I see what what the I liked what, Venom. I like Venom too. Um, there were parts of Venom that I didn't like, and there were parts of like in the same thing sure. with Iron Man three. But the whole Trevor Slattery nonsense really, really irked me because I was like, okay, you built up the Ten Rings over three movies. You built up the fact that there is like an other presence going on behind the behind the curtain, and then the fact that you did it with Killian, and Killian is the manor, and I'm like, I don't know, like what, like what, what was going on there? What was the intent behind that? That said, I feel like the only way to get around it now is if you make Shang Chi. And then you bring in the Mandarin as his father. That's what I see it doing. Going, going. And and the reason that they're bringing back the Mandarin is because they're creating Shang-Chi. And here's the thing. The fun, the worst part about this is, is that Diz, there's two levels of BS going on here. Okay, so not only is Disney 
uh, recreating the Mandarin uh, as a fan service because they completely screwed up in the first place. But the only reason they're creating Shang-Chi is because of fan service and to get the Chinese box office. I'm not saying that Shang-Chi shouldn't be in the MCU. I love him. And dude, the, the one of the... Uh, one of the more recent Shang-Chi storylines where he almost plays a Bond-type character would oh, yeah. be an amazing adaptation for him. I agree with you there. And bring him on as a character in the Avengers. I love him. But he was created as fan service to generate money in the Chinese box office. So not only are they fan servicing... Uh, and creating Shang-Chi to get the Chinese money, but they're bringing back the Mandarin to get uh, more money from people as fan service and also to double quote Chinese the move, I guess, because <laughs> now you have a villain that falls under that same, uh, you know, if he, if assuming if he, if like you said, he's the Mandarin's father, then you have a protagonist and a villain, both of whom are Chinese. That would generate a lot of money in China under the Marvel banner. And it would. And it would. And I think because Iron Man 3 was one of the first like Chinese co-productions, there is a world to say that. I think the fact but now, now that you had Black Panther and you had that A-Force moment in Endgame, I mm. feel like Shang-Chi is that next step of we're seeing diversity come in through the MCU. And I think that a lot of people, when, even when you had the first gay character in the MCU via I La Joe Russo, like, I was like, okay, they're making strides. Because if we think about it, 10 years ago, we had Iron Man under Ike Perlmutter. Ike Perlmutter would have never let what nope. we have the MCU happen nowadays. We, he would have never let it happen. And I know I sound like I'm against Ike, but I no, this podcast like, is completely against Ike. So if like you Ike are, is like are, a lot of it. What were we saying? I said this podcast is 100 percent against Ike. So whether you are or aren't saying something against him, you're you're fine. Yeah, like I just like so like we would never have like Black Panther. We would not have Black Panther if Ike nope. was still. In we would not have Captain Marvel under Ike Perlmutter. We, we would not have out. so many characters. Under Ike Perlmutter, it would be a very whitewashed, waspy Avengers. Yeah, so, like, the fact that we do. And also, you could say, like, Ike was the reason why we didn't have Wasp, like, to begin with. So, I think I think there is, a, like, a strong possibility, like, we're going to have so many more diverse storytellers. And I think one of the things that I love about the MCU is the opportunity that it gives indie filmmakers to actually tell a story on a worldwide big budget scale. We had Ryan Fleck and Adam Bonin do Captain Marvel. We had Ryan Coogler do Black Panther. We had, we're having um, Dustin Daniel Creighton, who directed Short Show 12 as the director of Shang-Chi. And we had the Russo brothers. The Russo brothers, when the Russo brothers were cast, were, were not cast, but They're hired. They like the paintball guys in Community. That's right. what they were. And I was like, okay, why? But then I saw Winter Soldier. I was like, whoa. You're whoa, like, wow. wait a minute. They could do this? Why the yeah. hell were they working on Community? <laughs> right. And that's exactly what I said. I was like, where the F were these guys? Why aren't they doing bigger things like this to begin to, with? To quote like, a Koye, why were they up there this whole time? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, and then you have them do Infinity War and Endgame. And I was just like... When I watched Endgame, I had so many emotions. I had, like, during the funeral scene in Endgame, I cried. Like, I was, I, like, had to, like, close my mouth, like, horror story style, basically be like, what? I, and I don't even know why. And I figured, like, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, I was 22 when I first saw the first Iron Man movie. I'm now going on 34. I was, like, 22, 23, and I'm seeing this, like, oh, my God. Like, so, like, that much and so much so much has changed 
And like I kind of credit the walked out of that team. first Iron Man, and I'm like, oh, that was fun. Okay. I was like, hey, maybe they'll do the Avengers in the next film, like, to, because that's how Hollywood worked, you know? You make one film, you'd introduce the Avengers, and then they're there. Like nobody had ever heard of this notion of slow playing it in Hollywood, like. No. No. And you, and the fact that they had ten years to figure out how to tell the story, it was like, it was like season finale season one season two type storytelling on film which would never have been done so you're getting all this stuff you're getting all these characters like i saw a tweet today that said this tweet like talks about iron spider riding mjolnir with an infinity gauntlet thrown by captain america 10 years ago you would have never had that nope you would have never had that. So, for as you much, would have never even dreamed of it. You would have never. You would have never dreamed of it. The fact that we have the multiverse is like actually being discussed as canon, as like film canon is like beyond me. Like I like, and I got, I got to wrap this up. But like, it's yeah, it's one of these things that like as much shot and shit that they're getting for like the gay storyline thing or. In fact, look at the strides that they've taken. Look at everything that they're going to It's so weird have... that we have 22 films, and by the time this gay character comes around, we'll probably be at, like, 25, 26. And people are like, it's so lame, it's social justice. And I'm like, you mean that having one character out of, say, 40 be gay, like, you find that to be social justice instead of just, like, I don't know, statistically likely? And, like... like Gather like, 40 people together. <laughs> One of them's probably gay. And exactly. Like, the same thing is, like, when I watched the first Spider-Man movie, I loved the first Spider-Man movie, it was like, why is there no black people on screen? Why are there no Latinx people on screen? Why, like, New York is a hell of a lot diverse than what Spider-Man shows. Mm-hmm. It's a hell of a lot diverse. And then you look at Homecoming, and Homecoming is actually reflecting the world that we live in. And I'm not even trying to be social justice worried about it. I just want to see it being close to what I'm actually doing because now I'm on like I'm more close to what hit. the authors meant, dude. Right. Like, even if you're not a social justice warrior, guess what? Stanley was. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Stan, like, like, like Stan, and I know a lot of people have their issues with Stanley. Um, but Stan was like very like we wouldn't have Hulk, we wouldn't have Daredevil, we wouldn't have Fantastic Four, we wouldn't have X-Men, we wouldn't have anything. And it's like, even you could say a lot of what we have as media nowadays and what we consider a slight storyline starting in comics. So, you know, I'm going to leave you just thinking about that and thinking about what else is going to come around because next week we get into a full-blown discussion when Adam comes on and we hear Adam's take on We'll we'll, we'll get more in depth into this. All right. Well, before we let you get out of here, Clem, two questions for you. Not even questions. One, tell the people where they can find you on social media in case they want to get at you. And I say this, I say this always on, on Twitter, but I'll say it here on the podcast. If you're listening and you don't follow Clem, I'm telling you, he may not look like it, but he's a wise follow. If you're in the world of Marvel, I won't say more than that. He's, just a wise follow uh the second thing um is if you've got anything uh upcoming that you want to let people know about like i said want to which would mean you can uh this would be your time uh so uh, go ahead dude well you can find me on twitter and instagram at clement bryant you know like josh said i talk about comments but i also talk about Movie you market want to spell that for him because you talk kind of uh, fast yeah. and some people may not understand. Fair. Uh, so C L E is in Eleanor, M is in Mary, E is in Eleanor, N is in Nancy, and T is in Tom. And then Bryant, like Kobe. Um, all one word, Acklin Bryant. Um, so I talk about comics, I talk about movie marketing, I talk about social media, and then sometimes I talk about like real world big issues. And then I don't really think I have anything coming up, but I will say that I do co-host the Black Lightning podcast based off the Black Lightning's uh, CWTV show. So you definitely want to give him a follow 
and uh, get into what he's got going on over there. Uh, and as Clem said, we will be back next week uh, with him again, where we'll get into more of a discussion, a deeper discussion on some of these very issues. Uh, we're just, you know, Adam had something come up, so we couldn't have him on today, but we didn't want to leave you guys sitting with nothing. So, uh, last thing I want to do is thank our producer, Scott Johnston, without whom none of this would be possible. Thank you, Scotty. You are the man. You're welcome, gents. And, uh, yeah, that's it for Third Nerd. We'll be back next week with, uh, with Clem again. He's going to be our James Holzhauer. And uh, he's just going to hold the podium uh, until next week. So this is your boy, Josh Webb, for Scott, for Adam. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening here on Third and Nerd. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.